Welcome back to the So Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Brum, along with co-host, Ron Oaks Cunningham. Ron, how are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good, man. Can I complain? Yourself? Yeah, good, good. Um, uh, we, so the Wizards tonight beat the Charlotte Hornets. We're recording this after the game. The Wizards won 120 to 117, I think. What was the final score? Um, I forget what the final score was, but it doesn't matter. 121. Yeah, that's it. 124, 121. We're not breaking news here. We're, we're here to talk about the Wizards and what's going on with them. And uh, it was a fun win, you know, wild game. And uh, like just like they had against Chicago, except uh, this one came out a little better for the Wizards. Um, yeah. So um, what's that? No, I was just like thinking back on a Chicago game. We, we've been flying, like, we've been living a charmed existence, and I thought it was going to continue. I thought we had it. thought that cool. Because, like, um, and, and Paul George is, like, uh, in the mold of Paul George, I still, I think that cool shot was a bad shot. Like, that was a very, very deep three. And we made it, and I'm like, oh, yes, like, Lady Luck favors us. And then just for the Rose in the game, us. Well, he was a, that was a deep three, but he was it was a good look. I mean, he was open, and obviously he's got the range. That was a bad shot. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not like the ideal shot that you wanted to take, but it did go in. It went so in. That Nothing was a good that. shot, right? <laughs> Nothing was that, man. We needed the dagger. Yeah. Oh, bang! That deserved the Mark Breen, like a Mike Breen bang. That, that yes, was, yes, that would have been perfect. Just to have a heart snatched like a second later. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all righty. That would have been perfect. That DeRozan thing was was pretty great. I mean, I I here's the thing. If you're if the Wizards aren't gonna win, I'll just take an entertaining game. Yeah, know, looks like that. Yeah. That yeah. game was very entertaining. I mean, you get a, yeah. a buzzer a, a shot with three seconds left and put you up two, and then you give up three at the end. It's like, like yeah, that's some, some not even uh, like also the shot making. Like some of the shots that Levine was pulling up for and knocking down, crazy. Brad, crazy. Kuz, he cooked Troy Brown. Wow. <laughs> oh, man, he cooked Troy. I felt bad the, for Troy. The list like, of people man. who have cooked Troy Brown is actually pretty long. I know. It's because he's low key. You got to play him at a point, man. Let him guard point guards. He's not, you know, big, yeah. big enough in a sense, like strength wise, to stay with the fours that they make him guard. But anyway. I think, right. Troy, I think Troy could, is going to be a great point guard for, like, you know, a team in, like, the Spanish League or Greek League, you know, Greece or something like that. And I don't really mean that as an insult. He's a good player. It's just that I think he's not quite an NBA athlete. And yeah, he needs to get to San Antonio. Well, San Antonio would be great for him, yeah. He's probably figured out how to fit him in. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Miami, Miami would too, because Miami would make him get in the best shape of his life. Yeah, probably make up that little like, you know, one two percent difference between his level of athleticism and, and like NBA athleticism. So maybe so. But yeah, <coughs> tonight. So anyway, um, one of the things that's been interesting, you know, the Wizards, of course, have been ravaged by injuries and COVID, especially. You know, they keep signing guards. And uh, the guards keep going into the COVID protocol. Brad Wanamaker, uh, Tremont Waters, both in the protocol. Spencer Dinwiddie's in. Uh, Alu Meadows in there. Aaron Holiday's in there. Beal was in there. And so um, basically, as last resort, the Wizards have gone to Beal at point guard. And uh, 
So what are your thoughts on that? What do you what do you think about Beal at point guard? Um, I like it in the sense that like so Bill Bill's a, a dynamic player. And um, you know, we've been spoiled by having like dynamic guards play to one. Like, you know, um Dinwiddie, he's good, not dynamic. So some of the stuff that Bill brought to, I guess, like the point guard position was like uh, very welcoming, um, very refreshing to see. Like, um, even though the numbers, like you and I, well, you looked it up and you told me, like uh, the pace with Dinwiddie on and off is not that much of a, uh, a difference no. to, you know, suggest that we actually are going faster when he's off the court. But it still felt like from the eye perspective, that the team was racing up the court, getting easier looks, like running to the basket. Um, and Bill was diamond. Like, you know, he's getting a pick and roll. If the center or whoever's the, the guy being screened doesn't pick him up, he's pulling up. He's popping at him. He's getting downhill to the cup, uh, drawing fouls. Like, that was pretty cool because against Chicago, he's cooking. And I don't think he had a single um, – I don't think he had a single made three um and yet nevertheless like career high in assists like in, in scoring rebounding so like I, I like it it's something dynamic however um I don't I don't know if it'll work like full time like I remember Chicago against Chicago he did have like some some costly turnovers and they simply like a point guard a point guard who's been playing at their entire life like maybe they would have slowed down a bit because like Bill even tonight against uh Charlotte like dribbled into like some tough situations that if, you know, if he has score mode on, maybe he's not like, he's pulling up, not dribbling as much, but because I guess he's like stuck between two minds, he's playing too fast when he gets into those situations, which uh, illustrates some people think like he's not a dynamic ball handler uh, at that. So um, yeah, long winded way to say, I like it. Uh, I think it's more potent. It, gives us like a way better offense, but also I'll caution against doing it all the time because um, he just doesn't have like the point guard mindset quite yet. Not saying he can't develop it like James Harden sure did. So, you know, who knows? 28 year old learning a new trick. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he could, here's the thing. I think he could play in that spot. Um, and I think he could do it full time. I don't think Spencer Dinwiddie is necessarily the ideal partner for that. Um, I don't think they have an ideal partner for that on the roster. Maybe, maybe Kispert sort of the um, ideal level of Corey Kispert, just the, the ability to shoot the three and sort of play off the ball. Um, mm -hmm. Although Kispert, I don't think has the ball handling because I think you need another competent ball handler out there with Beal. Um, the thing that I liked about what what he brings when he's the point guard is that he, he gets into the lane. I mean, the opposing yeah. team cannot keep him out of the lane. And when when he does that, he's forcing the rotations. He's forcing that big man to come to him. And then, you know, he's the, the defense has to react to him. And then he's he's become a good passer. You know, these were he's making passes now mm -hmm. that you go back to first like two, three, four, five you know, four years at least of his career, he couldn't make those passes. He didn't have those passes in his bag. And um, he's got them now. And uh, so I, I like what he's, what, what he's doing. And I, the thing I'm going to be curious to see is what happens when opposing teams really get a scouting report on him 
at point guard. You know, yeah. you know that these opposing teams, those coaches are they're they're awake and they're they're watching the film and they're trying to figure out how to stop him in, in those spots. And they'll come up with stuff and it'll be yeah. irritating to Beal, I'm sure. Um, he seems to have gotten a little better handling doubles and, and blitzes and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's certainly against Chicago, he seemed to do that a little better than he had. In previous years, we'll we'll see because I think that's that may be the next thing we, we see from teams is uh, more blitzing and yeah. more um, you know more attacking of him to get the ball out of his speed, hands. Like, yeah, like speed him up. Like that's the thing, and and that's where like I I feel like being caught between two minds will come to rear his head, right? Because you know as if he's when you're on score mode, you send to it's like can I still score over these guys? Can I still get to the cup, draw the foul? Um, but when you're on playmaking mode, you think in past when you start telegraphing stuff, like, well, would you make a, a read, like, late? You know, it's easier to, like, trap you there. And that's that's where, uh, more to your point, yeah, it would be great if he plays with uh, another, like, point guard who can get downhill and handle the ball, which we do have on the roster, as you know. I'm a huge fan of Aaron Holiday, so, you know, maybe a Bill Holiday. Yeah. I'm just saying, man, Aaron Holiday, he has dynamic speed. Yeah, I wouldn't want to start Holiday with with Beal um, in part just because, one, I don't think – I'm not a big fan of Aaron Holiday. I mean, I think he's fine. I like what he does. It's just – well, I wouldn't say I like what he does. Um, You know, he's quick. He plays hard. Um, He's just just not that good. And he's little, which um, is a problem because if you've then got a 6'3 Beal and a 6'0 – Holiday, you've got a really small, small lineup. And uh, Holiday doesn't defend tough like, say, Chris Paul does, um, who's, you know, similar size, little little guy, but just right. crazy tough. Yeah, no, Chris Paul is a generational defender. People forget that. Yeah. Chris Paul is a generational defender. But, okay, I, I will say this, right? Like, if we do stick with Bill at the one, and I think you and I are in common consent that uh, we should, we should do it like it's way better basketball, more appeasing basketball at least. Um, I think like uh, that highlights why Thomas Bryant like must stay because we need that pick and pop option uh, against Chicago. Like Aaron Gill, like uh, F- like Gill provided after Gill, he uh, like he popped. I think he knocked down a few threes, like used the uh, the pump fake to get to the lane for like a rim grazer dunk. Yeah, um, it was it was yeah. room freezer. Yeah, I thought he was like you know, like Kispers dunk and um, you know, in real time looked way more emphatic than what it was. But I was like, okay, at least you banged it. Aaron Gage, yeah. like, yeah, he, he barely got it all over the rim. But well, shout out him hey, though, man. Anthony anyway, goes twenty nine. You know, he, he's been playing in Russia for a few years. You know, give give him a break. Hey, I'm twenty nine, man. If if I if I'm six nine, is he six nine? He's about six nine, right? He's about six nine, yeah. Yeah, I'm. It's it's showtime. It's showtime. It's like backyard. You know, that's a wide lane. That's a wide open lane. That's when you show out the most. Like, uh, but anyway, no knock to him. Uh, getting back on point, it just highlights like the dynamic Bryant can bring to the offense. Yeah. Because, right. All right. So you you hit it on the nail. Like you you hit it when you said these centers cannot stop Bill from getting into the lane. No matter who gets switched on him. With the pick and you're not stopping Panda from getting into the paint. Yep. So when Panda's in the paint, 
someone's collapsing. We're creating power plays. Kuzma's wide open in the corner to like kick it. Oh, he's cutting. Um, Kispert's cutting. You know, Denny's cutting. Like people are moving. And if that center wants to be lazy and still play on Bill, boom, kick it right out to Tom, like Bryant for for a three point shot, pick and pop, like mid range shot. So I think he's going to eat um, if we keep him. If we keep him. Yeah. Uh, Trez, I feel like his value, like he provides the same thing as Gafford with Bill Man in a point. Yeah. So he may be the odd man out. Uh, he may be the odd man out. Who knows? But uh, it does, if we continue this, now that's what the caveat of us continuing this. Um, I would love to put Thomas Bryan as the starter immediately. Yeah, well, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I'd be fine with continuing to start Gafford. But I do think that between the three centers, assuming that Bryant comes back something like what he was before the knee injury, um, you know, a Gafford Bryant tag team at center would seem to be pretty ideal um, because they're they're complementary. Gafford's more defender, and he's definitely a rim runner. You know, Gafford's range is three feet net, um, and like you said, Bryant is he he's offensively he's he can make he makes shots from literally everywhere um, and anywhere. He's he's good. I, I've talked about this before. He's just terrific in screen role. He sets good screens, and then. He does a really good job of running the routes to the rim or, you know, the short roll and making passes out of the short roll or popping out to the three-point line where he's like a 40% three-point shooter. And um, that's something that the Wizards do not have from the five position. Um, even when Anthony Gill is there, who's really more of a, you know, I guess a, a power forward. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do think that the, the potential for Bryant to add a lot offensively is there. You know, the, the challenge is going to be with him on the defensive end and whether or not he can figure out how to be a good defender. Um, he, he wasn't before. I mean, his feet were um, the words that the word that keeps coming to mind is leaden, you know, where it's just like his feet just seem like they're they're just stuck mm. to the floor on defense, on offense is they, they don't seem that way at all. He uh he used all his VC, as the uh, 2K players would say, on offense. No yeah. defensive attributes, like none at all. But, okay, it, I guess it goes down to, see, like, I see his value in, in putting him in as making the offense more dangerous. Like, with this team, we still, I mean, if you, if you recall back to training camp, it was uh, KCP is going to guard the other team's, like, best player. Uh, Dinwiddie will guard the second best player at the guard position. Brad will guard the third. Like Dinwiddie sold us that, right? I was, he was like, I'm going to guard, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I think it's still, uh, I think we can pinpoint it to, you know, the knee injury. He's still working his way back, but he can't yet quite guard the second best uh, Here's person. The thing. So, I mean, Dinwiddie talked a good game, but when it came to that whole, like, the ability to defend the second best player, whatever. Uh, those of us who have paid attention to his career, <laughs> yeah. we're not necessarily so convinced by his talk. You know, um, how shall I say this? He he has not distinguished himself defensively throughout his career, and uh, he certainly hasn't distinguished himself defensively here in Washington. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So so that like basically it brings me to point. Um, we're going to suck on the defensive end anyway. 
Like, we're just going to stick with the strategy, you know, like um, contest at the rim, give up threes, which uh, I think we talked about on a previous episode that yeah. whether it was a feature um, of Wes's system or a fault in it. And we agreed that it's a feature. And, okay, cool. So, therefore, we need to score more. If you can't defend, outscore. And Gafford, again, and this is where, um, you know, later on in this pickle, we'll have to figure out what do we do with Dinwiddie. But Gafford works better when Bill's attacking because he's getting easy buckets. Like, three foot, like, even if it's not a lob for a dunk, you're still giving them to him. And he's, he's a very solid finisher around the rim. Like, he has multiple ways to put that thing into the basket. So, okay, you get that. Cool. But if they sniff it out, you know, congested, Gaffer's just standing there getting out-rebounded. With Bryant popping, the only ability to pop, you on your, you on your edge. Like, you're on edge. Like, what is he going to do? Is yeah. the spinner going to get a wide-open shot? I'm not going to give up the dunk. Oh, crap, he's rolling now. Like, yeah. we put them more in a pickle. We open the game up for everyone on the team. Yeah. We open up get hockey assists. I think we have to do that. Um, and, and Brian, also, just as good a finisher at the rim as Gafford is. He's not as dynamic, though. No, he, I mean, he's not somebody you're going to throw the ball 12 feet in the air and, uh, you know, Brian's going to go and get it. Yeah, he's not going to give us, like, highlight real But if you get him the ball, it, it's a bucket, right? I mean, he's 80% buckets. at rim, just yeah. like Gafford is. Well, he's a second round. They're second round players. They're trying to get paid. They want a piece of this pie. Like, he's yep. hungry. But um, it's just like now, so that brings it to if that were to happen, like in this hypo plays out um, with those steps, uh, as we just described them, then he leaves Gafford on the bench playing with slow pace, then with, you know, he moves glacially out there, even if the numbers don't show it, he's, he's slow, uh, methodical with it. Like, so maybe he's playing chess. He's a brilliant guy. He's not trying to, like, get into a race. He's the tortoise, not the hare. Um, Gaffer doesn't work in that system. Because then when he – well, maybe, like, you know, against some of the worst teams uh, that we played, oh, oh COVID-infected teams, he did, like, you know, get into the paint for floaters and stuff like that. But let's go with, like, better teams – it's the better teams. I haven't really seen them get into the paint. It's more like step back threes and stuff like that. What is Gafford rolling for? The center's not respecting that. Okay, we're going to give up the three. Let you shoot it. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that Dinwiddie, um, when he's able to get into the lane, if, if they can get him back driving more frequently, and I think part of the way to do that is to stagger him more with Beal um, so that he's not on the floor. You know, between the two of them, they should be able to. I mean, certainly he should play all the 12 minutes when Beal's not out there. Um, but it is when when Gafford gets into the lane, he, I mean, when Dinwiddie, excuse me, gets into the lane, he does look for Gafford. You know, he throws lobs to him and that kind of stuff, almost to a fault. Um, I think sometimes he's throwing lobs where he should be kicking out. But, um, you know, because it's it, rare for him to get into the lane. Yeah, he doesn't drive nearly as much as he did before the knee injury, that's for sure. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. So it's, it's like an interesting, um, I guess, like a month coming up. I believe the deadline is uh, mid-February? Yeah, it's right before the All-Star break. Um, you know, they, they moved it up so that they could uh, 
stop having trade players traded during the all-star break. Okay, yeah. So we have okay, February 10th. Okay. So now that brings me to something, and that is um Kyle Kuzma. Um we didn't talk about this before, but um Kyle Kuzma is this is his fourth tonight. Uh he scored 36 points, and uh, this is his fourth straight game over 20 points. Um so my thinking on this is the Wizards should, should continue to have him on the trade block, assuming that they do. Um, they should still be looking to trade him because, you know, lots of players have hot streaks. Sometimes they even last, you know, a month or more. I can remember a month where Markeith Morris, you know, was just outstanding for like a whole month. We're talking like 15 straight games where he was just like really good for virtually all of those games. And then he just went back to being – Kind of Marquise Morris, right? It's just, you know, the mediocre guy, player that he was. And, you know, Kyle Kuzma, we've got, what, five years of him being mediocre. And then this year he's been mediocre. And then suddenly, like the last week, four games, he's been just outstanding, right? He's, he's great. And um, so I'm like still trade him and maybe try to hold somebody up for more. Um, if you can, if if you're if you're going to try to trade him, because um, you know, let's put it this way: I don't believe that this hot streak is like the player that he's going to be over the next say five years. Okay, okay, um, yeah, like I, I'm, I hate like playing Sweden, like event, like Switzerland, I'm rather uh, on stuff and being neutral. However, um, I, I just don't know. Like, because remember the reports came out prior to COVID outbreak, uh, we were getting cooked, that certain players were having issues with the offense. Like, they're, they don't like what's being run. Like, it, it starts, things were leaking from the locker room, right? And lately, if you, if you hear some of the comments Cal Kuzma is saying, it's like, oh, I'm just now playing my game. Team has told me to be aggressive, blah blah blah. I'm curious if he was one of the ones who felt like left out of the offense when, for the most part, it was Brad and Dinwiddie. Like it was Brad and Dinwiddie and whatever, right? Like now with Dinwiddie out, he stepped into that role, and you know, it's possibly that like, this is what he can project to be. Not not thirty five, like not you know thirty plus double double. Um, with six assists, like I'm not, I don't think that's just gonna, that's gonna be the norm. I really do feel like he can get us 20, 20 and eight a game, 20 points, eight rebounds. I, I really do because the thing is, he, he may not be the most skilled guy on the court, but if we move the ball and we're using Brad as like the magnet to draw, you know, draw the defense's attention to him, Kyle Kuzma playing in that system will eat. He's either going to get wide open threes or when he cut, he's going to have someone smaller on him. He's going to, it's going to be a mismatch and the um, center will be too preoccupied or well, not the center. And in most cases, the best defender, um, the best help defender will be preoccupied with stopping Brad from getting to the paint. I really do feel like it can work. However, then when he's coming back. And, you know, so that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is what you said. Yeah, he's just hot. And he got hot against, like, you know. Teams. Yeah, I, I mean, 20 and 8 is, would be, it, like, so, it would be, like, really, really 
and uh, that's not Kuzma. I, I, I'd be astonished if at age 26, 27, he's in his age 26 season. Um, I'd be just astonished if he turned out to be, if he, if he turned out to be like a 20 and eight guy. Well, uh, here's, here's why though. Right. So let's see. So he's a career 15 point, 15 and six. He's career 15 and six. And you got to consider, okay. So his first year at 22, he got 16. The Lakers were bad tanking. Second year, LeBron came there, you know, then LeBron got hurt tanking. Not really. Well, yeah, they, they didn't tank. They just lost a lot of games. And he got 18.7 with five rebounds. And then it, you know, went down. LeBron needed you to play a role. You played a role. Yeah, he was bad. That third year, he was just bad. Oh, you mean like so the, the year? That fourth year? Yeah, the last year. Yeah. Like no, last, last year, year he was okay. It was the year before that. that he was just oh, bad. the year that they won a ring? Like 20. Like the like okay 2019-2020? yeah something like that he was I, I don't remember the exact order but last year I know he was decent I think that was actually like his best season was still rated below average in my in analysis and then the year before that he was really bad okay um, so like I mean you have to so 2018-19 LeBron was there I believe before LeBron got hurt the Lakers were a fourth seed or something like they were projected to go to playoffs and then. LeBron was hurt, Ingram was hurt, the whole team, like, you know, Lonzo got hurt, the whole team went down. So you can't really count. I don't, I can't, I don't want to go back too much and to see how much of that, like, 18.7 was stat padding, like blowout losses or whatever. But the point is, even if you, you know, 16, 18, let's round up to 13, and now you're at 14, you can put the ball in the basket. It's just now about finding your spots, getting good shots and volume, getting them more shots. Like if you give Kuz, what, what do you think, 18 shots a game, he's not getting 20? Uh, I mean, he might, but how good is your offense going to be? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that Kuzma has always, every year of his career, he's been below league average in offensive efficiency, including this year. You know, his efficiency has been pretty poor. And so it's like the more possessions you give him, why, why is he suddenly going to get more efficient? Um, you I, know think what I'm he, I think he's more streaky, though. Like, so I felt, I felt like Kuz can score. He's like one of those scorers who needs like, okay, okay, my first shot missed because – you know, I didn't release the ball at the top, like the top of, I didn't get it at the top of the release. Oh, my second shot missed, my feet wasn't set. Like, I feel like he's a player who works and works the kinks out during the game. But lately, if you've seen his games, he's driving. Um, he's taking advantage of like smaller defenders, like the IQ, you know, he's 26. They, they do say your your mind and your, your body starts to connect around 27 when playing basketball. Now his IQ is probably better. He's hunting for shots like in good areas. Um, I, I just feel like if we did give him more shots, he can score more because he's way more aggressive and he has way more moves than Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie's been getting second helping of shots. Yeah. Um... Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not arguing against you. I'm just – I just – I want to see it. Like, I, I want to – be like, okay, nah, Ron, he, he got 20 shots. He's, he can't do it. He's meat, mid. 
Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at it, you know, pace adjusted. He's, uh, let me see, third on the team in shots behind uh, Beal and Dinny. Beal, um, 27.6 field goal attempts per 100 possessions. Uh, Dinwiddie's at 19.1, and then Kuzma is next at 18.6. So that's per 100 possessions. Um, yeah, I, my, my thinking is that while Kuzma could put up, I mean, he could probably put up 20 points per game, but I think it would take him 20 shots. And I think that the offense would be not very good when he's doing that. Um, because I, like, I don't think he can do that on a winning team. I think that if he's going to be on a winning team, he needs to be lower usage. He needs to play off of no, man, look, like he played off of LeBron. LeBron kept Kuz in that trade. No, we, we keep Kuz here. Well, keep I understand Kuz. that. But what I'm saying is that he – I'm not saying Kuzma's a bad player. I'm saying he's an average player. You know, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm not arguing. So I think there are a lot of guys in the NBA who could average 20 points if you just gave them a green light to shoot and said, okay, take as many shots as you want. And, you know, they take 20 shots, 20, 20 shots a game. They're going to they're gonna average 20, you know. Yeah, but I, the, I the team won't be very good. I mean, a, a great example of that is Jeremy Grant, right? Because so Jeremy Grant was low usage, lower usage in Denver. And then he goes to Detroit and he's the man and they give him the ball and they tell him, shoot it, basically shoot as much as you can because you're yeah. our number one option. And he averages 20 a game or whatever. And, uh, but yeah, he team- doesn't have the gravity. Like he's just a scorer. He doesn't have the gravity. Like he's not playing on the team with players like who have, who has gravity. So, and as a number one option, he doesn't have the gravity to make a team better. We're, we're not asking fools to be number one option. Brad is that. But if right. Kuz is the second option, and then like uh, you know, Dinwiddie's two B. Yeah, no. So if we're talking about Kuzma as a potential second option, even then I'm not sure. In part because I mean his usage number one is already twenty percent. Um, you know, this season it's it's going to be a little higher after last night. Um, I haven't run those numbers yet, but. I, I mean, I kind of think that the, if you have a good offense, he's probably like the third option. But okay. because he, he is a pretty dynamic third option, um, I just don't think he's really yeah. – I don't think he's as good as what he's been the past few days. No, that's fine. Well, that's fine. Well, I'm with you. Like, on a, a right – I don't want to say right, but like, okay, we'll rephrase it. On a properly constructed team, he's like your third option X factor. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel he's earned the opportunity to get a bigger helping of the shots. Like, he he needs more shots than, like, Dinwiddie. And that's just just where I'm at. And the way to get there is leaving Brad at the one. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way to do it. I think that um, even when Dinwiddie comes back, that Beal will be uh, probably be the primary ball handler. And Dinwiddie will be more supplementary, and that Dinwiddie will be more on the ball when uh, when Beal's off the floor for the you know twelve minutes a game when Beal sits, and that otherwise I think that the Dinwiddie will be pretty much on the ball at that point. But and you know maybe with Neto and Holiday as well, um, they'll work both of those guys in. Most I'm glad that um, the Lakers picked up uh, Rondo. We could have we could have sent Dinwiddie to Cleveland. 
Uh, well, I don't think Cleveland. Cleveland, I think, is looking to make a small deal. Yeah, bro, I mean, we could have tried. Like, they, hey, you want Spencer Dinwiddie? We could have tried. Yeah, like, but I think, like I said, I think Cleveland was looking for a small deal um, to, to get them through until Colin Sexton can get back or until Rubio can get back next season. Yeah, yeah, they're they're playing with house uh, money this this year. Whatever happens, happens. But like so, yeah, but they, anyway, they was, got Rondo for free. So you know. yeah, that was just to intimate. Like, uh, I think the the way for it. Like, I, I disagree. Well, I don't disagree really. I playing Dinwiddie with Brad even at the two just doesn't work. It just well, doesn't. here's the thing: is they've spent the money on Dinwiddie, so they're gonna play him. And, um, you know, if if Dinwiddie is playing 30 minutes a night, which is about all he's going to play, you know, 12 of those minutes can be without Beal. You figure they're going to start together at the beginning of the, you know, at the first and third quarters. Uh, Figure that's about six minutes. That's 12. So then they they play the fourth quarter, the last six minutes together, and you hope they can work together. Do you you think Corey is a better um, cutter and shooter than Dinwiddie? No, not so far. Not so far. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, Kispert, has- maybe he gets there. You know, okay. I, obviously, again, I mean, we, we joked around about this before, but, you know, I used to talk about the imaginary Blatch, uh, Andre Blatch, and it was oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, all the skills, all the things that he can do. He can handle the ball, he can pass, he can rebound, he can shoot, he can do all these things. And it's like, then, then why doesn't he do them, right? Why, why does he have so many turnovers and why doesn't he make shots and why does he – you know, that kind of thing. So with Kispert, right, the, the ideal Kispert, we'll call him the ideal Kispert, not the imaginary, because he's still a rookie, so maybe he gets there. But the ideal Kispert is a he's good shooter from three-point range, you know, figure upper 30s, maybe to 40%, over 40% on threes, and he attacks closeouts, right? And that would seem to be a really nice combination with somebody like Beal, where, you know, Beal draws and kicks, and he's got, you know, Kispert out there and KCP and whoever. You know, mm-hmm. he's got some good shooters around him, and uh, those guys can knock down shots. That's that's the ideal with Kispert. I mean, this year, at least, Dinwiddie, while shooting, he's not a strength, has been a better shooter than, uh, than Kispert has been. So, okay. okay and, yeah. and, and Dinwiddie, at least, even though he doesn't drive as much as he as he did previously, he will at least attack a closeout. So. Okay, that's fair. Okay, I, I'm just imagining, like, uh, if we're going to have Brad be the primary ball handler, then – he needs KCP or or Denny at the, like at the two. Um, I know how you feel about Denny. Well, I mean, if Denny could shoot, it would just be awesome, right? Yeah, if, he could, if he could shoot thirty-five percent, yeah. Well, that's well, that's that's probably what he'll work on this summer, like just getting into like getting into the gym, nothing but jump shots, one dribble pull-ups. All that type of stuff. Because, you know, it's easier to learn offense. He has the number one trait that you need, and that's instinct. Because in basketball, instinct and IQ. Because in basketball, half the defense is, like, uh, thinking one step ahead of your play, like your your man. And if he's good at defense, which is thinking one step ahead, offense is just how do I get ahead of you? Yeah. Like, how do I get ahead? And, like, so if you can figure out the harder one, you're going to – if, if – it's not is it should be this way yeah like, well it should be but there's there's a long list of guys who are like very good defenders and really crappy offensive players because they for whatever reason they can figure it out on one end and not the other 
The Wizards are hoping for sure that Abia is not one of those guys. You know, certainly a good defensive player has value, but a guy who can play both ends is is obviously the money. Yes. Well, see, but all right, so getting back to it, I was just thinking, like, uh, not only can – well, so Dinwiddie's the better shooter, but Corey, so far he has the reputation of a shooter. You were, you were a shooter. So, you know, like the reputation of it, even if you're not on or you're just, like, ass from three, um, it's like, okay, he still has to guard me. So I'm still pulling the defender away who can't help. Um, Corey at least still gets that. Like they're not giving them wide open shots or sagging off as they are with them with um with uh Denny. So, but the thing is, why I would play him over Spencer with Brad as a starter is because uh, Mark Few he he's taught that boy how to cut. Like, and he's a great cutter. And then you have Denny, who's a good cutter. KCP is an okay cutter. Like LeBron, you know, like he he played with LeBron. He knows okay. He played with someone with a great IQ, so he 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 can he knows what to do sometimes. Uh, just when he puts the ball on the floor and thinks, and that's when he like overplays his hand. When he yeah. plays instinctively, habit habitually, he's yeah. good. Um, yeah. And then like Gaffer, I just feel like those four players around Denwin, like Kuz, Gaffer, um, KCP, and then you can alternate Denny or uh, Corey, which either one of them at the two. Those are the ones you need around them because not only can um, they theoretically shoot, they can cut. And so far, Dimwitty doesn't cut. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And you, you know who is a great cutter, too? He made a bunch of good cuts tonight was, uh, is Beal. You know, he, he makes some, some hell of a good Beal's cuts. Beal's a great cutter. Yeah. He's playing on the wall. Like he's so – you know, he needs uh and Denny Denny will feed him um if he plays in that role. That's why I prefer him at the two. Uh prefer him. Oh, just have him out there. Who, well, who, yeah, have him out there. I, I mean I think he'd be probably more of a three four than okay. play KCP at the two, but yeah, just play, which I think would be perfectly fine. But yeah, but anyway, his his ability to like as a connector. Yeah, like he connect like as his ability as a connector, he will find Brad. Because I think he found on a bad pass on a fir- in the first half. He was driving. I thought he was just going to go bang it. Let me 6'9", bro. You got your father's athleticism in you. Um, and then he, he threw a late pass to Brad. But because Brad cut, he still got a wa- easy other side of the basket layup. Yeah. And, you know, that's what that presents. So, again, I think that brings us uh, – we end when we begin. It all starts with Brad playing point. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, here's the thing. He he's been an undersized shooting guard for you know his entire career, and now we're talking about him as a normal sized point guard. So, and it could be that that's what his evolution is. Yeah, he can extend his career this way. Yeah, he can extend his career because even like you take Brad. Okay, you pass your prime thirty eight. The fact that you still can score, you're one of the most elite scorers in your age group in the world. Um, you'll be able to do that as a six man. Yeah, you know, like so. Yeah, I it's I'm with it. The thing is, um, we may have a storm brewing because what do you do with Dinwiddie? Well, I, I think you worry about that later. You do what's best for the team, um, and if that means Beal playing one, and you figure out what to do with Dinwiddie, then you do that. I mean, as you you know, I I believe Dinwiddie. 
you know, my analysis shows Dinwiddie is being pretty average, um, you know, throughout his career before he got to, 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 to Washington. And he's about average here in, in, with the Wizards. And so I think that if you've got a guy, I mean, I don't think Beal is like an all world player or anything like that. But if you've got a guy like, say, like Beal, who is an all, all NBA level performer, even if, if it's just that third team or arguably third team, all star level performer. Obviously, you you do what you can to put that guy in position to succeed over the guy who's average, right? Yeah. You want to make life easier for your. Um, you want to maximize your your best player, um, and not cater to the guy who's who's mid level, right? Yeah. And so, um, if if that means you play Beal and you you figure out what to do with Dimwitty, then that's what you do, and um, All right. you you yeah, accept I'm- that as a mistake. Um, I, I wish he was coach that. right now. You you will make that call. <laughs> like I wish he was coach. And more importantly, from the fan perspective, how I view the game, uh, it's more entertaining for us. That's why yeah, it has been so far. We'll see what happens. Like I said, when teams start scouting, mm-hmm. start figuring out what Beal likes to do as the point. I, I'm not sure it's that much different than what it is when he's the shooting guard. But you know, uh, teams may try to figure something out. They may figure something out. And uh, maybe some that's something that takes makes it less entertaining. Only so. Miami. Yeah. And maybe Tibbs. Only Miami and Tibbs. The rest of these coaches don't know defense, man. Well, here's the thing. Once Miami figures it out or Tibbs figures it out, then the rest of the team's copy. So. Yeah, true that. True that. Whatever the architects of stingy defense. Yeah. So All right. we'll All see. Right. Um, let's go ahead and wrap up. It's late where I am, and um, I want to go to bed. So um, All righty. Have a good night, buddy. Uh, Next game is Wednesday, right? Yep, that's right. Um, And so it's, I think this is another should win game for the Wizards. Um, I, you know, I wrote a couple days ago, uh, did a PPA update. That's my metric. Um, But I had the Wizards favored in four of the next six. And so far they've gone exactly what I said, what I said. I think that uh, they'll reach the halfway point. They'll be 22-19 and then... After that, it gets a little tougher. Okay. Looking forward to it. Let's, Let's stack some wins.